Chan with God Time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study. Before we do, we have a whole slew of text messages to talk about as well as another question for the quiz. That's right. Our next question, question number four. In Numbers chapter six, what does the commonly used salutation ask God's face to do for us? Well, this is... This is, this is an interesting one. Okay. In Numbers chapter 6, what does the commonly used salutation, so it's a greeting, ask God's face to do for us? You know, when, when we meet people, what do we ask God's face to do for us when we, when we greet them? According to Numbers chapter 6, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And if you do, you can go in the draw to win our prizes for this week, which will be drawn at around 8.45 today. So only in, a, in about 40 minutes time, you will go in the draw to win Cook 30.2 by Jeremy Dixon, as well as Nine Habits for Healthy Christians, both of these books contributing to your good and amazing health, enabling you to live happier and better lives, and also just to eat amazing food. Like, like uh, as we can see here, let me just find one of these recipes. Do you want carrot and parsnip smash? Now, that maybe doesn't sound like the most advertising nah, thing I'll, ever. I'll sign me up. That sounds good. But uh, No, nah, seriously. I, I love parsnips. Really? Yeah. A real parsnip man. Absolutely. Okay, the there you go. You'll also be able to make Indonesian Sayur Lode Tofu Curry. I probably didn't pronounce that incorrectly, but Indonesian curry with tofu in it, I'm, I'm about it. Again, I'll just give you guys that question one more time, just so you can hear nice and clearly. In Numbers chapter 6, what does the commonly used salutation, the commonly used greeting, asks, ask God's face to do for us? So you meet someone and you say, may God's face... Something, 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 something. If you know what that is, it's from Numbers chapter 6, 0491-064-669. All right. Let's talk about your text messages. Uh, Margie says, lovely story Lyle told us about the rainbow. God is so good. And it was, you know, for us at that particular time when we just had some bad news and we're really struggling with it and I was able to walk up the driveway and say, Shell, you need to step out of the car because... God's done something special for you. Mm. It was just amazing. Mm. And it was like the most brilliant rainbow ever. And while we watched, it just got more and more and more and more brilliant. Mm. All right. Then, Lawson, you were talking about smells. Oh, yeah. Braden says, yay, the stench of unwashed people and raw sewage. No thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But I would love to smell, I would love to smell the Garden of Eden, Mm -hmm. the world as God intended. That would be amazing. Yes. Agree. Okay, then Suzanne wants to know how the stones blew up. So this is the uh, Georgia Stonehenge, the American Stonehenge. That's the conspiracy. Um, Has it been established how the stones exploded? There was talk about a possible lightning strike. No, it was a bomb. Yeah. Somebody went in there, set a bomb at 4 o'clock in the morning, blew the thing sky high, well, uh, blew blew a chunk off of the capstone and flattened one of the standing stones. Uh Uh-huh which meant that the other stones were so compromised they had to send in an excavator and demolish the whole monument. Mm. So, yeah, it wasn't a lightning strike. And people who lived nearby, you know, within four miles of it, their homes got shaken when it hit. They heard it. They heard it. Wow. And it's all on CCTV camera. You can look it up uh, and see them see the bomb going off and you can see a car that drives off, a vehicle, I should say, that drives off uh, a little bit beforehand. So someone's gone in there. Set up a bomb, 
blown them up. But for what reason? Well, this is the question. Are they what, trying to suddenly hide the message that is on there because they feel that the world has reached a point where the world is starting to wake up to the fact that we're about to be depopulated and that this is what the New World Order has been calling for since the stones were made in 1979? Or was it somebody who was like, no, the New World Order is evil and we need to abolish the New World Order and we can do that by getting rid of the New World Order message that is being proclaimed on the stones? Mm. You know, was this a Christian fundamentalist who's gone in there and, like, the Bible says that this is evil and that this is a humanistic message and this is an anti-God message and so I'm going to blow it up? Mm. Or was it somebody who was a part of the founder of the Stones who was like, you know what, if people actually find out the fact that we're trying to depopulate the world and they see it happening... That's a bad thing. They need to see so it happening. It needs, to ha- it needs to happen without people seeing it happening and ha- without people knowing what our agenda is. Well, they kind of shone a spotlight on the agenda by blowing it up. Didn't they? <laughs> well, maybe that's what it was. Who knows? Who knows? Wow. Uh, then uh, in relationship to the story we had about uh, dating and marriage, Mm. Uh, Braden says, I think the dating that goes on today is almost just as bad as cohabitation. Most are using it as a way to hook up, then move on, and it leads to the same questions of what if. Yeah, I don't have a problem with dating to get to know someone, but I think getting to getting to them as but I think I think getting to them as friends first, or getting to know them as friends first. Yeah, absolutely. Bible totally supports that idea. Yeah. Also, like, when you're talking about the dating that goes on today, which is just about hooking up, that's called casual sex. Like, that's yes. not dating. That's no. that's that's just... That's Tinder. That, that's Tinder. That's right. That's, <laughs> so. just, that's, that's just Tinderizing. <laughs> mm. Okay, so, oh, David, David from Western Australia has uh, laid down the, the challenge right here. Uh-huh. His first date, uh-huh. the 4th of the 9th, 1985. Uh-huh. Engaged the 4th of the 10th, 1985. Lol. Start doing, some, start doing some calculations here. Married the 4th of the 1st, 1986. And he says, hello, amen. Uh, both virgins when we were married. What a, what a, what a, what, didn't you have an even shorter period of dating? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge, David, you got a pretty good one here. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you on this one. So first date, I had to do some looking up to, to, to look this one up. First, first date, 14th of June, 1994. Uh huh. Engaged 28th of June. <laughs> also 1994. Yes. Married, uh, 20th of September. Also 1994, here you go, David, here's one for you. We need to have the answer here. First child, 1st of October, 1995. Wow. Dude, you you got to work. Oh, absolutely. No no, no mucking around there. So uh, David had four weeks from first date to engagement. I had two. Mm. But on the other other ones, 12 weeks to the wedding. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, uh, so I did some. So look, I'm, I'm just, I, I did I'm just some crunching smidgen, of the numbers. I'm just. I, I'm claiming I'm a smidgen ahead of David, but David, if my understanding is correct, because he sent some text messages through before, I think he had has more children than me. I've only got. Yeah. two I think David's got like six. Yeah. So David, you have to let us know. I did some four, crunching four. of the numbers for myself. First date, undisclosed. Marriage day, 
undisclosed. <laughs> First child, undisclosed. <laughs> <laughs> or to be announced. Yeah. All of those dates to Going be announced. Going to heaven, check. <laughs> uh, good fun, guys. Good fun. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we've got here. Um... We are, the world falling apart, signs that Jesus is coming. The question is, do you know him personally? Amen. If you don't start today, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Amen. Let him come in. Mm. Another one says, sensory smell. We are amazingly made. Consider that your mind can connect that smell or taste and all other senses back to a particular memory or event. Mm. How does that work? We've even been given a mind that remembers everything. Why? Mm. One reason is that we will be judged accordingly. All we have done is recorded. No excuses. Of course, they can be great memories. Mm. Another one here on the uh, Standing Stones in Georgia in the United States. The New World Order Manifesto sounds good. The only problem is that God is missing, totally missing, replaced by salvation by man and his works. They basically replaced the Ten Commandments, the first one being, Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Mm. Okay, so currently we are at 7.8 billion people alive, so they are going to get rid of 7.3 billion people. And who decides? Maybe blowing it up was not a bad idea. I can't believe how many people seem to trust and believe those who are destroying them. Oh, man. Dude, who's going to kill 7.3 million people? That's a billion, billion, billion people. Yeah, billion. yeah, that's a crazy question. Yes, it is a crazy question. Mm. And well, you can kind of see how it's starting to take place if you look at some of the major movements that are taking place in our world right now, particularly when it comes to birth control. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Birth control, do you mean microplastics in our water? Yes. <laughs> All of that. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the use of birth, birth control today and that all Western countries, all Western cultures, the population is literally falling off the edge of a cliff. Mm. The United States and Australia are exceptions where our population is growing, but it's only growing because of immigration. Immigration, yeah. We're not gro- right. We are not growing because of birth rate. We are growing because of immigration. That's all. Mm. All right, another, oh, man, so many text messages. Uh, the gospel story, the gospel, the greatest story ever told, and the amazing part is it's all true. Believe in Jesus and you shall be saved. And then we've got uh, uh, Sky says, listening to you guys and the dating scene, I've left Christian. I've left the Christian dating app. I find guys don't talk. They are bored with no intention of marriage or they are so far obscure, right-wing, they forget we live in a fallen world and want a Stepford wife. Be nice to meet somebody who is after God and not just after sex. Oh, I agree. Absolutely, Sky. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that that, that is a situation in which all of us are in. Definitely. Karen says this, My parents-in-law, my parents-in-law were married six weeks after they met... Ooh. Okay, that's a banger. Right David, there. David that's and Lyle a... have just been uh, been uh, tipped off, so we're 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 done. Pew, pew. We are done. Uh, six weeks after they met, and then my mother-in-law moved halfway around the world to be with her new husband. Okay, so I got I've got that one. 
Shell moved halfway around the world to be with me. Uh-huh. We left the United States two days after our wedding. <laughs> you said to Australia. Peace out. <laughs> Been living living in Australia ever since. Uh-huh. But that's that's an epic effort, Karen, from your parents in law. Mm. That certainly uh betters David and I. Mm. All right. Then we've got here Braden. Yes, I agree. It's not dating, but it is not dating, but some people Including some Christians call it dating. I think he's talking about. Oh yeah, we're talking about hooking up and yeah. Tinder and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yikes! Right. Some Christians call that dating. Yikes! That's that's not dating. That's not dating, dude. Dating is when you go out and you're like, you know what? I want to get married. I want to find a wife. I want to ha- create a family. Yeah. Um, or you want to find a husband and you want to create a family. Uh, so you go out with intention to do so mm. and intention to find somebody that you are compatible with. And that you can have a relationship with. Mm. That's what dating is all about. Yep. And it is a good thing. Just do it in a biblical context. Amen. Let's go to our Bible study. Yep. Biblical context, uh, do you mean like, um, you know, get someone to take the camels out for you to find your date? No, that kind of thing. Well, you could. <laughs> it's that would that, that, that happen in the Bible. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It has been done. All right, Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 7. You might struggle in today's society finding someone who's willing to sign up for it at the other end. Uh Yeah. And you might, anyway, whatever. It's it's not unbiblical. What are we saying? People these days don't want to water water camels anymore. The key to to (laughs) that particular story, which in our culture we find truly bizarre, is that every person in that story was totally reliant on God and followed the direction of God. Mm. That's the key to that story. Mm. And when you look at the, you know, their first date to uh, engagement to marriage, I think Isaac and Rebecca kind of topped a lot of us because mm. that was like all in one day. Yeah. <laughs> bada bing, bada boo. <laughs> Get it done. All in one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's the indication that the Bible gives and I've got no reason to disbelieve that indication. Mm. All right, Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 7. Lawson. The Bible says, Therefore, this is what the Lord of the Lord of Heaven's armies says. See, I will melt them down in a crucible and test them like metal. What else can I do with my people? Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the New King James Version, it says, Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will refine them and try them, for I shall deal with the daughter of my people. But yours is just way more descriptive. Mm. Yours is, I'm going to... Melt them down in a crucible. Melt them down in a crucible. That's, that's full on. Mm. Uh, There's an interesting quote here. This is um, Oswald Chambers. It says, If the Spirit of God brings to your mind a word of the Lord that hurts you, you can be sure there is something in you that he wants to hurt to the point of death. Mm. It's a profound statement. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think of that one? So God is trying to, like, hurt and kill the, the sin within you by, like, making you feel convicted. Yes. Right? It's like, well, have you heard of amputation, Lyle? I'm sure you have. Like, sometimes it's a necessary step because it's, like, that broken body part is, like, causing the rest of your body to 
die or be in yes. serious pain. Maybe you've got gangrene and it is spreading up your leg. So you, what do you do? You cut the leg off so you, it doesn't spread any further. Yeah, lop it off. And and so I guess I essentially see it like that. Like if something hurts so much in the context of like, okay, we, we have this desire to follow God and then there's something like that God reveals to us that hurts us so much about ourselves, like that we feel compelled to change and cut it out of our life. I, I, I kind of see it like that. I don't know. It's a little bit like this. Go to Hebrews chapter 4 for me. Go to Hebrews 4, and there's a passage over there that we need to read in conjunction with this. Mm. Uh, I think it's verse 12. Let me just find it here real quick. A two-edged sword. That's the one? Yeah. The Bible says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, <laughs> cutting between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, uh, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Okay, so the Bible says that the Bible, the Bible says of itself that it's like a sharp two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a two-edged sword is a sword that is designed as a stabbing instrument rather than a, as primarily for stabbing rather than for slashing. Yes. And so a stabbing weapon is one that goes right through you. Mm. That's, that's the purpose. That's the idea behind it. So this is a stabbing weapon rather than a slashing weapon. And uh, the Bible says, you know, the, the, that's what, the, what it's like and that it will divide. In other words, that it's going to cut. And how deep does the Bible say it will cut here? It will cut right through joint and marrow, firstly. Okay, where are you going to find marrow? In your bones. In the inside of your bones. Yeah. So that's not just, you know, opening up and exploring everything. That's like fully dissecting. If you do a a dissection of a body and you're going to look at bone marrow, Mm. you can't dig deeper into a body than that, can you? Yeah, that's right. Well, like, as you said, it's not like you have like a slashing weapon, which is just, you know, like cuts the person up and gives them a wound that they can't heal from and they bleed out and die. But like stabbing, this is talking about literally like, like going all the way through, like yes, yeah, pretty gnarly. But um, then it says it, it equates that to the soul, uh, sorry, the spirit and the body. Indeed, indeed. Cutting before we get that. there, before we get there, you've been cut with a knife. Yeah, yeah. I've never been stabbed before, but I've cut myself with a knife before. Does it hurt? Yes. <laughs> would it hurt a lot more if you were like full on stabbed? <laughs> yeah. That would not be fun, would it? No, no. That it'd almost be traumatic. Yes, very much so. Okay, so have you ever been cut by the Bible? Ooh, yeah. Yes. And did it hurt? <laughs> yeah. Like a lot? Yep. Uh-huh. And did the Bible cut deep enough that it found out, like, everything, even what you were hiding in your bone marrow? Mm. Oh, wow, this is, this is deep. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you're reading your Bible every day, as you should, and every day when you read the Bible, all you gain from reading your Bible is a warm fuzzy, Mm. you're doing it wrong. Mm. The Bible is there, yes, to give you a warm fuzzy and that that, nice experience with God, but it is also there to cut and is also there to hurt Mm. And he's also there to reveal things within you which need to die. Mm. You know, this is this is extreme language that the Bible is using right here, and it is not popular in the Christianity of today. Mm. 
The Christianity of today is give your life to Jesus and you're going to be prosperous and you're going to have an amazing life and you're going to have just joy and peace and harmony and nothing else. And money. (laughs) And money and wealth and good health and great relationships. No, the Bible says that sometimes the Bible is going to cut Mm. and sometimes it's going to hurt. If the Bible never hurts when you're reading it, you're doing it wrong. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have a final clue for the quiz. Before our draw, right after this, like 8.45, guys, 15 minutes. Final clue. Here we go. This one, actually, this is maybe the easiest clue we have ever done, the easiest question we've ever done on Faith FM. And that's because we want you to get in the draw. All right, you listening? Complete this Bible verse. I am the way, the truth, and the blank. <laughs> Somebody choked me before I say the word. <laughs> so hard not to. 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. <laughs> Too struggling. Our prizes today that will be drawn in just 15 minutes. Cook 30.2 by Jeremy Dixon. How to make amazing, delicious, vegan, and healthy recipes from scratch in 30 minutes, as well as nine habits for healthy Christians. But again, that clue was complete this Can verse. I just give the answer? It's just making I my am teeth the itch. way, the truth, and the blank. Hey, you know, you can say, so, who said this, Lyle? I'm not going to say anything. Oh, let's go. Let's, 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 Yes. Is this, yeah, nice, nice. Jeremiah. So in verse 7 it says, you know, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, I will melt them and try them. For how shall I do for the daughter of my people? For their tongues shoot lies like poisoned arrows. They speak friendly words to their neighbors while scheming in their hearts to kill them. Okay, so this is something that you're actually doing. <laughs> this is... One of those points where the Bible is going to say, no, this needs to die. This is inside you, and, and what is inside you right now needs to die. And this is a, a point at which the Bible is going to cut. Mm. And when we talked about the Bible cutting and the Bible hurting, and if it never hurts when you read it, you are doing it wrong. I'm not saying, I just need to clarify this, I'm not saying that it needs to hurt every day. Mm. It's not going to hurt every day. But if it never hurts, then you're not reading it deep enough. Mm. If you're never coming under conviction, you're not studying hard enough. Mm. If all you get is a warm fuzzy from the studying of the Bible, that's not what it's there for. Mm. It is there to change you, to correct you, to make you a better person, and sometimes that won't be fun. Mm. That'll be like a two-edged sword. Mm. That'll be like throwing, being thrown into the crucible. All right, where did we get up to? The tongue is uh, an arrow shot out. It's like, speaks deceit. My my verse is really cool, my version. It's like shoots lies like poisoned arrows. Ooh. It's cool. I, I want to make a just, a just a quick point here. Like we read something like this. It's like they speak friendly words to their neighbors while scheming in their heart to kill them. And maybe you'd read this and think, well, pff, this isn't me. I've, I've never killed anyone. I've never schemed to kill anyone. But uh, this is talking about just in a sense as well, like, 
ill intentions. Yes. Like, scheming in our heart. Like, just ask yourself this question. Okay, are there people who you are not very fond of? And ask yourself the next question. Because you're not very fond of those people, do you treat them in a... And I'm going to say the word worse way than other people. And and the reason I say worse way is because sometimes, like, there are people who have ill will and intentions towards us. And it's not a problem to you know, protect ourselves, you know, quote unquote. But I'm talking about like, because you don't like someone, like, do you have ill will towards them? And now the Jesus reflecting on this says like, if you hate a man in your heart, like you've basically murdered them. Uh, Because as Christians, like we're called to be light to the world, to be witnesses to people. And if we're treating people poorly because we don't like them, are we leading them closer to God and closer to heaven or closer to hell? And I would say, yeah, like, Further away from God, definitely. And, you know, if we're leading them further away from God and we're not enabling them to be able to receive eternal life, you could almost call that murder. Because this is what the Bible says. The Bible says Satan is a murderer from the beginning. Yes. Did Satan? You've taken this passage to the next level. Does Satan physically kill anyone? No. 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 Satan, like, and, and, and we reflect on the beginning, did Satan physically kill Adam and Eve? And the answer is, is no. Adam and, Adam and Eve, well, Adam died of a nice, healthy old age. Like, you know, guy, guy lived for like 900 years. But still, Satan is called a murderer from the beginning because of the, the, the very point that it's trying to make is that Satan enabled sin and he kept these people from finding God. And therefore, he is responsible. Like, not in its totality. We're all responsible for, you know, that's why we need confession and repentance. And we need to go to God. But Satan, as an enabler of sin, is has a level of responsibility for the fact that people are lost and die. You see this really well illustrated, actually, in Revelation 12, where you introduce to the great red dragon, which the Bible says clearly says is the serpent of old called the devil and Satan. Mm. And it is the great red dragon, the Bible then says, that stands before the woman to devour her child as soon as is born. The Bible goes on to say that her child was caught up unto God and to his throne mm. and rules with a rod of iron, which is a symbol clearly of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself, okay, uh, who was it that killed Jesus? Who was it that tried to kill Jesus at his birth? Mm. Well, that was, was Herod. Herod, yeah, that's right. It wasn't Satan. Mm. It was Herod mm-hmm. who tried to kill Jesus later on. Well, that was the Romans, or well, that was the Jews, or yeah, you know, who was it? And this was what this is how it works: is that Satan works through human beings to destroy other human beings' salvation, thereby condemning them to the second death. Yeah, that's right. But at the same time, we have to realize, like, not from the perspective that, like, yes, I believe in demon possession, but also even demon possession is a result of the choices that you yourself have made to be far from God. Yes. And in this story, like, in this verse that we're reading here, it's not like, oh, Satan works through people, therefore the people aren't responsible. No, the people are responsible. That's why Satan worked through them. Because they didn't choose to go to God. And now, yeah, if we harbor ill intentions towards our neighbors uh, that will lead them away from God, well, then there is there has to be some level of responsibility there on us for leading them away from God. Mm, mm. And there, then we're, we're murderers. 
because we could have led them to God. Now, if they don't want to come to God, that's not our fault, but we could have led them to God, and as a result of leading them to God, they could be eternally saved and not experience death. Wow. This is a deep thought. Yeah. I was not planning to go there when I read this right this this passage here, but Lawson, you have made it applicable to every single one of us. Mm. This is a message for all of us. Mm-hmm. All right, where did we get up to? We got uh, verse 10 there? No, we got verse 9. It says, Should I not punish them for this, says the Lord? Such Should I not avenge myself against such a nation? Okay, keep going. It continues in verse 10. I will weep for the mountains and wail for the wilderness pastures, for they are desolate and empty of life, and the lowing of cattle is heard no more. The birds and the wild animals all fled. Mm. And verse 11? Verse 11, it says, I will make Jerusalem into a heap of ruins, says the Lord. It will be a place haunted by jackals. The towns of Judah will be ghost towns and no one living in them. Yours says home of jackals. Yeah. Mine says a den of dragons. <laughs> okay. KJV is so bad. I mean, <laughs> den, hey, of den of dragons. Den like, of dragons. Yeah. Why not? That's awesome. Lizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the Bible goes on to talk about you know uh, the situation with Jerusalem at this time, and what basically what God is doing is that God is calling out to His people to repent because of the disaster that is going to come upon them if they do not. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM. And we're about to have question of the day, but before we do, we're going to have some answers for our quiz. Let's see how many of them you got right this time. No, we're not going to have answers for the quiz. Answers for the quiz, We should have answers for the quiz. We should, but no, we'll we'll talk about those later because right now we're going to have the draw for the quiz. Draw for the quiz. All right, guys, here we go. Shell is about to press the button. Oh, can you hear it? It's spinning. Spinning, spinning. Stopping. We have a winner. Okay, we do have a winner. We are going to try and chat to them. But before we do, we'll go through some answers for the quiz. Lyle, the answer to the first question was to spare her and her family. That was the promise that the two spies made with Abraham. Uh, we should be n- not unequally yoked with unbelievers. If you believe in God... Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. That's right. Uh, the following men, which which of the following men was not the king of Israel? The answer to that was Amram. Uh, the next question was, what what is the commonly used salutation that, you know, you ask someone to get God's face to do something? It's God's face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. And finally, complete this verse. I am the way, the truth. And the life. And right now we have on the phone our winner for this week, Elizabeth. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much for firstly playing the quiz and congratulations on winning. Oh, thank you. It was something I really wanted was that cookbook, so I'm really yeah. happy. <laughs> you, you, well, know, you know you, you, owe us all a, uh, you owe us all a home-cooked meal now from that's, the cookbook, right? I know, that's the deal. I'm down to cold Victoria. <laughs> yeah, we might pass on that. <laughs> well, hey, I, I'm, I'm keen. I'm like, what are you about? Free food. Let's well, go. Well, let us know if you're coming down to Victoria. We're about 100 k's from the CBD of oh, Melbourne. Too easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, been talking about going to Victoria, so you know. Well, he's welcome. We've got the fire going at home. Oh, let's go! That sounds so good. A real fire with wood. Awesome! That's amazing. Uh, Elizabeth, congratulations! We are so glad that you uh, that you won the prize this week. We always enjoy 
it uh, when we have uh, people that are participating in the quiz and taking place, winning the prize and so forth. So massive congratulations to Elizabeth this morning and don't forget to send in your answers next week because you could be the one who wins the prize when we do the draw. That's right, but right now it is time for... Question of the Day. Okay, there's a question here that I am definitely keen to ask. It's from Karen, yes. but I definitely resonate with this question because it, this comes up a lot in the Bible, and it's kind can of... I, can I do a text message first? To do, oh, I mean... <laughs> Just as lost. I'm like building, it, building up. it up. Building it up, building it up, building it up. I'll do a text message first. Okay, did you have something to say, Lyle? <laughs> did someone have something to say? No, that's right. Nah, okay, right. How did they cast lots in the Bible? Okay, this is a this is a this is a burning question right here. Yeah, totally. do you know what the answer is? Is it? I don't know. That's the answer. <laughs> That's the answer right there. And this is really significant. Nobody knows. No one knows. No one knows. There is no record of how it was done. And I believe that's actually significant for a number of different reasons, and we'll come to those as we work our way through this. So this is a practice that was incredibly common. You can read about it being done 70 times in the Old Testament, Uh and there are further seven instances that are recorded in the New Testament where casting of lots was Mm. practiced, and yet no one knows how it was done. So it most often occurs in connection with the division of land. So under Joshua, when they conquered the land of Israel, they sat down and they cast lots for the land and divided the the land up. Uh, You have uh, you you basically find that in Joshua, you know, say fourteen to twenty one. There's a whole bunch of casting lots in there. So this was a procedure that God instructed the Israelites on several times in the book of Numbers specifically. Uh, God allowed the Israelites at various times to cast lots in order to determine his will for different situations that came up. You can find that in Joshua 18. You find it in First Chronicles 24. Uh, you have various other functions of the temple that were also determined by casting lots. So, for instance, in Leviticus chapter 16, you've got the two goats on the Day of Atonement, uh, one for the Lord and one for Satan, and uh, the high priest would cast lots over the two goats to determine which one of those goats would be for the Lord and which one for Satan. Mm. And so this was a way that was used to determine God's will in various situations. And this was something that was used under the theocracy. And this is what is important right here. The theocracy is government by God. We do not live under a theocracy. We live under a democracy, which is government by uh, majority, hopefully limited by constitution. Uh, But they had a theocracy which was government by God and God would communicate directly either through the prophet or through the high priest with the urine and the thumb and so forth or on occasions when God instructed through the casting of lots. But it wasn't just Israelites who would practice this. This wasn't just a Jewish thing. If you read in the story of Jonah, you can find in the story of Jonah that the pagan sailors on the ship who were most likely Phoenicians casting lots to determine um, who had brought God's wrath on their ship. Mm. Then you've got uh, the 11 disciples uh, casting lots to see who would replace Judas. Um, but you've also got 
the Roman soldiers casting lots for the garment of Jesus. So this seems to be something that okay. So here's the thing: there's there's a number of reasons why we probably probably why we do not know what this practice uh, exactly was. First of all, it's probably a broad term for any decision made by chance. Mm. So it, the nearest thing that we would have would be flipping a coin or rolling a dice. These are things of pure chance. And so any decision that involves chance, we think of as is probably determined in the Bible as being casting lots. Now, was there a specific one that was associated with the sanctuary? Yes, there would have been. The question is this, and this is the key question, why is it that God has not recorded to this day how this practice was to take place? And I'll give you the answer. I believe uh, this is this is my personal opinion as to what the answer is. We would abuse it. Oh, totally. We would so abuse it if mm. it was still a practice today. This was a practice that was regulated by God himself under the theocracy and God himself instructed when to and when not to cast lots and any casting lots outside of that is just pure chance. Mm. But let's just face gambling. it, just gambling. Mm. We'd be putting fleeces out and casting lights left, right and centre mm. and God has given us a brain and God has given us the Bible so that we can know what the truth is yep. and we don't need to be casting lots today. We need to be following the very clear instructions that are given to us by the Word of God. Of course, as you go through the day, spend some time with Jesus and spend some time in Bible study by yourself. There's no substitute for it. Do not forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.